Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 17th episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I'm Rob. And I'm Anna Marie. And we are happy to be back recording for our 17th straight week. And I think we're going to kick this one off the same way we usually do with our new to the collection, because we have quite a few uh, new games with Black Friday uh, coming (laughs) and going. So there's a box sitting beside us here full of a few things. But these ones, oh, no, these were Black Friday as well. Yep. From a different store, but these were from a local shop. This was actually a pre-order, pre-order that just finally came in. This one was? This okay, first one, yeah. yeah. So the first, what's the first one we're going to talk about? The new to the collection. The first one, new to our collection, is Jamaica. And that was designed by Bruno Catala, Malcolm Broff, and Sebastian Pochon. And it was uh, artwork by Mathieu Laissin, uh, published by Space Cowboys. Yes, Jamaica. This is one you've had your eye on for a long time. So, yeah, this is one you did pre-order. Yeah. yeah. I saw it come up, and I was like, yes, yes. Yeah, it's an older <laughs> game, like a 2007 Yeah, game. it's an old yes, game. But and this that, is the new print of it. This one came to my attention um, from Z Garcia on the Dice Tower. because yes, he's a Bruno Catala super fan. And he's talked about Jamaica like for years, mm-hmm. since, ever since I've been watching. And it's I don't know if I've played a pirate game yet. Maybe. But um, did I, you play? Um, did you play? Uh, what's the one where you're searching for the treasure? Treasure Island. No. No. Oh, we have no, that here. I haven't played that. That's one. a fun one. Yeah. But I think that's the only legit pirate game yeah. I played. Is and treasure I've, Island. Well, who doesn't love pirates? I love pirates. I love. So them. <clears throat> I'm super excited about this game just because I've been um, I've been hearing about it obviously so much for years and finally got this and I'm super happy to play it and it's. Looks pretty fun. Uh, components look great. Uh, just on the back here, it says, Pirates, hoist the sails and keep ready to fire your cannons for the Jamaica Jubilee. Choose your morning and evening actions, fill your holds with food, gunpowder, and treasures, attack your rivals, and sail around the island to be the richest by the end of the race. So it is a race game, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, so you're racing pirate ships. Yeah, it just okay. looks fun. Yeah, it, yeah, it looks look very good. colorful, and I love it. It does look cool. Or, I agree. I'm going to love the it, box. I think. Looks really cool. <laughs> it does. Like everything I'm seeing out of it looks good, and yeah, um, yeah, we tend to align pretty well with Zeke Garcia as well. So uh, chances are, if he liked it, we will. Yeah. But that no, that one does look cool. I'm glad we did get our hands on that one. The another one that we uh, we got recently is one that I've played before, but one that you haven't. But you said I would really like it. Yes, I played this one a, almost a year ago to the day. Um, <laughs> and it's the search for Planet X. Mm-hmm. This is from uh, design uh, Matthew O'Malley and Ben Rossett, art by James Massino, Michael Pedro, and published by Foxtrot and Renegade Games. This one is super cool. It requires an app to okay. play, and I know a lot of people would think, uh, hmm, you know, a lot of people are not super fans of that. But this one requires it, and the app really works well. And what you're doing is you're trying to deduce, so this is a big deduction game, on where you find this planet. So you've played Crypto. Cryptid. Uh, Crypto. Cryptid. Yes. I was going to say, this is the one you said that is similar to Cryptid. Yes. But... This one, I think, makes Cryptid kind of obsolete. Yeah. Yeah. Because this one just does everything that Cryptid does, but better. Um, well, every time I played uh, Cryptid with um, with you know my my game group, Ian just he he figured yes, it out right away and just always won. Mathematically, <laughs> he was able to figure it out. Yeah. But this one, you can't do that. This one. Um, so what you're doing is you're 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 getting clues 
on trying to find planet X. Yeah. And you're going to know some clues about where it is. Um, and as you go on through the game, you're going to get more clues and more clues and more clues. And you're going to start scratching out things that aren't, that's not possible to be in that quadrant. It's not possible to be in that quadrant because it needs to be beside an asteroid on its left and has to have, um, something else on its right. Basically you have to find out where it is and what's on its left and what on, what's on its right. Okay. And the app is going to give you clues along the way and you're going to be, um, taking stabs at it and you're going to be, uh, I think they called it like putting through theories, I think. Okay. So you're going to be like putting little tokens around the around the board, putting your theory as to where you think what's what and stuff. And it's super cool. So trying to find this planet is really difficult. I only played it the one time and I, I won. Oh. Um, yes. And nice. It was really, really good. Um, and cryptid, I never win. Yeah, I, I haven't I won cryptid never, either. Because <laughs> I could never figure it out before anyone. But this one, it's not so much just mathing it out. This one, you have to find clues and you have to use those nice. clues and you have to do a lot of deduction. And it's super fun. Awesome. I really like it. And yeah, I'm glad we have it now because... Yeah, me too. You will like it a lot. Um, and yeah, the app works really, really well. Awesome. But it requires it. You can't play it without the app. Yeah. So there's that. But yeah, those are two brand new games to our collection. Um one fairly old and one from 2020, I believe, was yeah. Search for Planet X. So I'm so excited for both of these, actually. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> excited, too. Um, I've been wanting to play Jamaica for so long. So yeah, I know you have. So that's going to be so exciting. And it looks age range. It says, like, eight and up. So that yeah, actually, will be, probably be good for um, what does it say the kids will be able to play, too, which is nice. Planet X, what does it say? Here? 13 plus. That's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say that's a little high. I, I'm yeah. thinking our oldest will be able to take a stab at this, but maybe not quite. Yeah. Probably not win, yeah. you know. But I don't know. We'll see. I like them both. And Cryptid, I really liked Cryptid. Yeah. But I just always found that someone just figured it out was first. smarter and could just figure it out where this yeah. you can't there's like do an that. equation or like a math like you said you can yeah. math it out yeah. yeah so that's that's not gonna happen in uh planet x so awesome. um that being said we have a pretty interesting kickstarter to talk about over in our crowdfunding mm-hmm. segment so let's head on over there now <laughs> At our crowdfunding segment of the episode, and we have one game to talk about today, and this one is on Kickstarter currently for another eight days, and this one comes from Vital Lacerda, and so he is like the king of <laughs> heavy, heavy games, right? Yeah, heavy, heavy games, and this one is called Weather Machine, and it is. It also has art from Ian O'Toole, which yeah. also is just incredible. And it's uh, published by Eagle Griffin Games. This one, um, so this one immediately piqued my interest. I, we don't own any Lacerda I don't games. even know if I, and this is embarrassing to admit, but I don't even know if I've played a Lacerda game. Well, to be honest, well, to be fair, you haven't had much opportunity to do so no, either. Because when I was playing most of Lacerda's uh catalog or whatever you want to call it yeah. um is when the kids were young and i was at home yes and i would go to scott's or <laughs> yeah. go to kurt's and, yeah. and, and they play. had these games and i would play them yeah um because we don't own any no um not to say i don't like them i loved um on mars and i really liked 
uh, Lisboa. Right. And I despised <laughs> despised Kanban. Uh, because that game to this day, I, it just it makes no sense to me uh, whatsoever. From what you were explaining to me of that one, I think that's one that uh, that warrants multiple plays, but might uh, but one of those two where it's like, oh, if it's just hard to figure out, it might just be frustrating. Oh, it was incredibly frustrating. It <laughs> that game. Was well. I don't want to go too much about uh, other Lacerda games, but that game in particular, I cannot figure out for the life of me. Where it's all about creating cars and cars on an assembly line, and you're trying to have cars come out one yeah. end, and you're trying to score those cars to be a certain color, and blah blah blah. And I would have everything sorted and set to the best of my ability to score me a like say a red car would come out on the other end of the yeah. of the conveyor belt, and by the time it got there it was green or something like that and it just it, it just, just the timing oh you couldn't, man i could not get work. that game for the life of me however lisboa was really good um and on mars was super cool and this one is kind of more on uh, the lines of looking more like on mars in like okay. at least in visually it has okay. like some similarities uh visually i'm not gonna it, although on the board itself, it kind of looks more like Lisboa, to be honest. Um, like well, as far as seems like, like a win-win. Yeah, it looks kind are... of like it looks like the layout similar more to like Lisboa, but more with the production and visuals of okay. on Mars. So it looks pretty, right? Con- compared to like Lisboa, it looks very pretty. Yeah, like Lisboa <laughs> was like the most bland-looking board, but a good ever, game, but a great game. Yeah, and on Mars had. It was where they kind of took their first big step into making the games great and also look good. So that's what this one is called, kind of following in the footsteps of of On Mars, where it looks like it's going to be a great game and really look good. So bringing on you know Tool, who also yeah. did On Mars, yeah, to do the artwork and such is paying off in spades because this it automatically makes me want to, yeah, to back this to game, it. right? So this one, it plays one to four players. It says 14 plus, which is, I would say, a minimum, honestly. Yeah. And no, judging from what we know. <laughs> yes, because, of games. I mean, I, but there's probably a lot of 14-year-old kids out there smarter than me anyway, but <laughs> it's, uh, from Don't what I can tell. Yourself well, short. no, like, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> these games are not easy. But I'll, I'll read you a little bit from the BGG. On uh, on what's going on in Weather Machine. It says, in Weather Machine, you are scientists on Professor Latif's team tampering with local weather, adjusting rainfalls for farms, maintaining wind and clear skies for ecological emer- energy sources, tweaking the temperature for resorts and sporting events. The prototype is quite effective so far. However, a pattern has emerged re- revealing an, a worrying side effect. Each use of the weather machine also alters the conditions elsewhere on the planet. That's crazy. The butterfly effect. So you are yeah, fiddling with the weather, but everything you do in this game affects something. Basically, literally, if you do something on the right side of the board, it's going to affect something on the what left side of the board. What a neat concept. Yes, yeah, so it's uh-huh. the butterfly, butterfly effect all over the place. Um, and there are so many things going on in this game. Like, there's, a <laughs> there's little, a lot, it looks the, like. The little video that they show at the top shows you kind of all the different steps and areas of the board. And there's like 12 like yeah. areas of the board that you have to pay attention to. But yeah, it's it's really, really cool looking. And it makes me want to back it. It's um, 
<laughs> I love the oh components look incredible. The little um the little meeples they have. Meeple robots oh that are your little, they're kind of like they're so clanking cool. <laughs> metallic little robot guys that look like they're walking around doing things for you. Um and like just everything is is etched, right? It's all all the components have the uh Yeah, it looks the etching I on them. I can't talk. They spared no expense is what <laughs> no, I'm just trying to say. The colors look good. Yeah. Everything looks good. All the components look absolutely phenomenally well yeah. well done. Um there's stretch goals all over the place here too. It's but, nice they have a draft rule book in there too. It's nice yes. when they have rule books on the Kickstarter so you can kind of yes, take it is nice. a read and through look and look at it, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and see what's what right up front. And if we talk about pledge levels for this one, um, it's right in the ballpark that I assumed it was going to be because yeah. th- these games, well, let's face it, there a lot of thought and work go into making these games these games. Oh yeah, from Lacerda and. This one's starting the the first the lowest pledge level is 129 American. Yeah, and that gets you the weather machine, which includes the solitaire mode, which is great for a lot of people out there. Um, all the stretch goals, and that's it. So yeah. straight up, well, what's 130? It's going to be 150 bucks minimum Canadian um, yeah. before shipping. But that sounds like a lot for a quote unquote Euro game. But this is so much more than that. These games. Like Lacerdas are to me a separate category. Yeah. From what people would say quote unquote Euros are. I believe that these are worth every penny that you pay for them because they, they are like they're they're just in a league of their own. Um, especially nowadays with the with the how they're uh doing with the components and stuff because it's they've gone away from that bland and they've gone on to bringing on Ian O'Toole to do all the artwork makes it look incredible well there's so there is so much so many components in this game like the layout of the game it's it's so busy and it there's a ton there it's unreal and it from what I've heard like those heavier games you're playing for a long time you're yes you know and you're going to play more than once, obviously, because your first game is probably yeah. going to be a throwaway, just learning, basically. Yes. You know, not a throwaway, Extra but... Extra hour and yeah. a half, probably, worth of Teach just trying learning. to learn how to make and, this work. But with these games, too, the way I kind of look at justifying prices and things like that for board games is I look at how much is it going to cost me to go out for an evening to go have a oh, meal yeah. out, go have a meal out with, like, a drink or something. Yep. And then I look at how much the game costs and how many evenings in that's going to allow me to have mm-hmm. you know and i think that it the value is just there and it, it I, I think I, I agree with you 100 yes. percent on that it looks i think that you're it's worth every penny from what it looks like it really is and, and again i don't own any of these i've been trying to buy on mars but um that's nowhere to be found yeah. generally um but uh, they're, yeah, these Lacertas are in on a league of their own, so the price for me is a non-issue. If you really want these games, these are worth that price. Um, but let's get back to the pledge levels here. So yeah, so the first one, if you just want the straight-up game with the stretch goals, 130 bucks American, I think it's worthwhile. Yeah. Um, but then there's another uh, tier here. The mm-hmm. second uh, pledge level has a signed copy. So this, <laughs> yeah, so it's for 139 American, you get an include, uh, you get the solitaire mode and stretch goals, and included is a hand signed and numbered decal by the designer Vital Lacerda. Which for an extra ten dollars or fifteen dollars yeah. or whatever you want to call it, Canadian, huh? I would do that. That's not crazy. Yeah, I would do that for sure to have one of his 
hand-signed cards, I mean, that's not a lot to pay. If it was an extra 50 bucks or something, I probably wouldn't do that. Yeah. But for an extra $10, $12 Canadian. Yeah. It's not outrageous. No. Not because this guy is a legendary designer, yes. right? I, I think I would go for that. But then there's after that, there's still one more. And for $249 American, you can get the Express copy. And this, this <laughs> copy means it's the same as the signed copy. It includes the solitaire mode, the stretch goals, the hand signed decal, but you also get the Express shipping. Which means apparently you will get it first. It says fulfills first. And this is USA only. That's $110 just so yours ships first. And what happens if (laughs) yours ships first and mine ships on the same day? Like yeah, I don't I oof. don't know if I would be going paying one hundred and ten dollars. There's to, nothing extra you're getting for that. Tr- well, first off, we can't because we're in we Canada. Can't. Yeah, um, that that's not going to happen. But it, one hundred and ten dollars just to get it like a couple months before that's crazy. somebody else seems a little crazy. I mean, if you have money to throw away, I guess that's not bad. I suppose there's but... people out there that will will want this, but. I don't know. I think if I were to back this, and I'm st- still really on the fence with Weather Machine. Um, I'll wear them down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really... would like to get it. I'm just We're just not super heavy gamers. And I think we need one. I agree. I agree. That's why I've been trying to get on Mars. Um, but This one just I, a I, cool I, theme. I think Scott I... and Kurt are both going to get this. But, oh, I'm sure Scott is 100%. I'm not sure about Kurt. But I don't know. Maybe we will get this. If we do, I think we'll go in at the... Well, either the one twenty nine or the one thirty nine, depending on whether or not we want the uh, the, the autographed decal. But there's only a limited copy. So there's for the the base game uh, pledge, there is unlimited yes. copies. But for the the signed card uh, pledge level, there is a it says limited number. It doesn't say how many. Scroll down on the other side; it might actually show it there. Over here, yeah. Um, oh, right there. Get off the green. Oops. <laughs> and then you got. Um, mm, doesn't say how many, but it says only certain countries. Oh, that's still 129. I oh, don't know. so maybe it's done. Maybe they don't have any more. Maybe oh, if yeah, it's, it's not, not showing, showing up on the right hand side here, so it must be gone. So that that level looks like that is gone. The $139 yeah. level is gone, but the $249 but level. But check it out for yourself because we might be overlooking there. it here. But. Yeah, it, but it appears that on their page that that level is no longer available yeah but yes we we are very much on the fence about this just because we're not huge heavy gamers but this one does particularly look like a lot of fun oh it looks awesome yeah so yeah we're i think we have what we have a week left there's eight days yeah left on it so i'll wear them down before then don't worry (laughs) yeah and then we can do a good review on it we may go in on this (laughs) uh yeah we're not sure we'll we'll update you on a future episode whether or not we win it win in on this but i think that is about enough for the weather machine weather machine for our (laughs) um yeah kickstarter uh crowdfunding segment so we're gonna head on over and do a Meepo Dungeon review in our next segment, and we will see you over there. Alrighty then, here we are at our main topic of the episode, and today we're going to be doing another Meepo Dungeon review. review. 
Good one. We did it. Um, and what are we going to be reviewing this week, Anna-Marie? We are going to be reviewing Hurling Witchcraft, designed by Eric Anderson Sunden, illustrated by Weberson Santiago, and published by AEG. Yes, Whirling Witchcraft. We were lucky enough to have AEG send us a review copy of this game. Yeah. So here we are. We played the heck out of it over the last few (laughs) days, and we're going to do a review of it. So yes, thank you, AEG, for sending us uh, the review copy of this game. And yeah, we are going to do a full-on review here for it. So I was excited, actually. I was super excited when we got this one because I... uh, I saw this and I was like, oh, that looks fun. I want to get that. And then Ryan from yep. uh, Cardboard Conjecture, he said he loved it. He was talking about it and saying he just had a blast. And I was like, ah, yeah. And then I'm sure enough, AEG contacted us and said that they were sending it to us in the mail. And it arrived mm, a couple weeks after they sent yeah. it out, I think. So, yeah, it arrived and with a couple other things. But this is the game we're reviewing today Whirling Witchcraft. Um, so, let's. Do a quick, quick version of the theme here. So you are, each player is going to be taking on the role of a different witch. And there's about, I think there's 10 or so different witches in the game, uh, or maybe 20, actually. There's a whole bunch of different cards. But either way, you're taking on the role of a different witch, and you are trying to make your cauldron explode in the face of your opponent, Witch. How fun. Yeah. <laughs> By throwing all sorts of random ingredients into the cauldron and sliding it in front of them and hoping it, hoping it explodes. It just makes me think of, um, oh, what's his name in uh, in Harry Potter? The one who where whenever oh, he, he can't do his spells the, right. The Scotsman. Yeah. And it just always blows up in his face and it cracks me I up. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. He always says the wrong thing and it explodes in his face. Yeah. Hamish? No. No. It's not Hamish. No? Oh, okay. No. Either we'll way. think of it. I'll get there by the end. <laughs> but yeah. So that's the theme is you're these, these witches and you're trying to brew a potion that will explode when you pass over your cauldron to your opponent. So how does this game play? Um, each player is going to start with their own tool bench. I believe it's called workbench workbench and on that workbench you're going to have five (laughs) ingredients that Mm -hmm. you're going to be putting into these cauldrons you're going to have toads spiders mushrooms mandrakes and what our oldest calls um spider eyes spiders yeah it's like a black (laughs) spider's eye black eyeball thing that you're going to be uh and i thought that was that was as good a name as any (laughs) yeah so you've got you've got room to put uh several cubes onto your workbench representing these five different ingredients but each one of them has a different amount that they can hold total on your board so that you can always place a whole bunch of toads a whole bunch of spiders and a whole bunch of uh, mushrooms but you have very little mandrakes that you can put on there and even less so of the black spider spider eyeballs (laughs) yes Um, and depending on which 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 that you use for the game will dictate how many of each ingredient you start with on your workbench. Then you are going to draw four cards each of, uh, what do they call them, spells? I think they're spells. I imagine they're spells. I yeah. mean, that's... And these, these spell cards are what you are going to use to build out your tableau. 
And on every so every turn, you're going to be placing one card from your hand into your tableau. And these these cards are going to have a top section and a bottom section, an input and an output. Right. And in the input, it's going to I don't know whatever you put down, it could have say you place two spiders in here will produce four frogs, for instance. So you place that card into your tableau and everyone's placed their card down. Then you can place items from your workbench, or I should say ingredients from your workbench into that card, into the input side. So say it was two spiders. I would take two blue cubes representing two spiders, put it in the top. And then I would take four frogs from the... Supply. Supply. And then I would... That would be my output. And then those four frogs are going to end up being placed inside my cauldron. And then the two spider cubes are going to end up back into the uh, supply. Everyone's going to do this. And then they're all going to pass their cauldron to the right. Yes. Whether that's... If it's a two-player game, it's just across the table. But if it's three-player or more, you're going to pass it to the right. Yeah. And... That's important. That is very important. (laughs) So we've played this with two and three-player. But... Yeah, so you're going to pass that to the right. And then once you have this cauldron passed to you, you're going to see what's in that cauldron. And you're going to place those those cubes, representing the different uh, ingredients, onto your workbench. Yes. And if you, for whatever reason, were to go over top of the maximum amount of whatever that ingredient might be on your workbench. So say you can hold, I want to say it's like 15... Or 12. Let's, let's go with the easy ones. Yeah, so four. you can hold four <laughs> Mandrakes. white mandrake. Yeah. So if if in the cauldron that I receive puts me over top of that limit of four, then the whoever passed that to me is going to score that many points in those white cubes. Yeah, so, so you pass them to that back to that person and they get to put them in their yeah. witch's circle. So if you'd passed me a... A cauldron with that had two white cubes representing two mandrakes in it, and my mandrake was already full. You're going to score two points for that round. Yes, which is massive. Oh, it's huge because yes. once you get five, yes. uh, five ingredients in your cal- or in your witch's circle, you win you the win. game. Yeah. So that's that's as simple as this is. Is the fact that every round you're going to be placing a card into your tableau, you're going to be taking ingredients from your workbench inserting them into the top part of your your card into the input and receiving the output taking those car- those cubes ingredients from the output placing them in your cauldron passing it to the right in hopes that you can make them bust yes in whatever's on their workbench so you're trying to gear it so that if i know that i'm passing to you and you have a whole bunch of toads in your on your workbench i want to send as many toads your way as possible to try and make you bust toad on toads so that i get that i get <laughs> Those points. Yes. So hopefully I can make you bust by five and I just win the game. Yeah. Right? That's that's, that's kind of what dream. you're trying to do. Yes. <laughs> so that's how this works. And you're going to do this round after round after round. But there's an interesting element, too, that I don't know. I don't think we mentioned that yet. Which part? So after you pass your cauldron to the right. Oh, and yes. Then, we did not mention this. And yes. then you put your um, you put the cubes on your on your workbench. Then that part's over. Then you take your um, your hand yep. and you pass it to the player to on your left. left. And yes. then everybody draws up one card. And then um, 
and then you go again. So you're not keeping your same deck of your same nope. kind of cards. So you can be like, oh, I'll play this one this time and this one next time. Nope. You're not going to have <laughs> those same cards. You're passing them to the person who's going to be filling up your yes. workbench. So trying to keep that straight is I, I have yet to do that. But <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, yeah, like it's better to sometimes keep and play a card from your hand that might not be the super beneficial. Yeah. Beneficial. But <laughs> beneficial. I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, beneficial. Uh, <laughs> but would be if you were to pass it to your opponent, it would, would be, be terrible way for worse for you. Yeah. So you want to hold on to that and yeah. throw it into your tableau. And just kind of use it at your discretion rather than yeah. pass it on and have them destroy you with it. Right? Yeah. There is one other thing, too, that I can mention. At the top of your of the cards, on some of the cards, yep. there will be um, circles. There are three different types. And there can symbols, be yes. symbols. Thanks. Yeah. Circles. A cauldron, a raven, and a book. Yes. And there there might be one of them on there. There might be none. Or there might I, or two or three. So there could be, that was really awkwardly said. I apologize. There could <laughs> one, be two, zero. three, none. Yes. <laughs> zero to three symbols yes. on the top of the card. And um, you all, you have this, uh, this side card. Uh, like player card that you have, and um, each of those, every time you grab, uh, get one of, gain one of those symbols from playing the card down, you get to put a little token that matches the symbol. So like a raven token, yep. you put it on the number one, and then if you get lay down another card with the raven symbol, you put it on the number two, and so on and so forth. And every time that one of those symbols lands on an even number, so mm-hmm. it goes two, four, or six, there's a special ability that you trigger for yourself. Yeah. Gives you a little bonus extra you can thing maybe, you can do. Yeah, or... you can maybe like take two cubes out of your workbench. So if you're getting really close on one, you can, you know, take yep. two and just put them back in the store. Or if you have um, one of them, I think lets you, if you've got a, uh, a card in your tableau that maybe you don't have any cubes to use that you can yep. use to, uh, to put as your input, um, you can choose any color, so any ingredient type, and you can take from the store to yeah the to supply. use yeah. to the supply. Yeah, yeah. and um, there's one more which I can't remember off the top. The of my other head. one is just placing a single cube right in into directly your into your cauldron. That's right. So if I know that you are like really hard, and is that on, from the supply? I yeah, think so. Yeah, you, yeah. Take, you take one straight from the supply of yeah. any color, throw it in your cauldron, knowing that I'm passing this to you. Yes. So if I know you've got tons of spiders, yeah, I'm going right. to throw yeah. a spider cube into the cauldron in hopes that it makes you bust. So that's another element of, like, which card am I going to play? Am I going to try to bump those up? Because maybe it'll help me next turn. Um, but yeah, it it's neat. Lots of little yes. things going on. And I think that covers the bulk of how this game plays. And you're going to do this round after round. You're going to be passing to the right your cauldron, hoping to make them bust. Yep. If that doesn't work, if nobody wins in a round, you're going to pass your hand to the left. Everyone's going to draw up to their hand size. They're going to play a card down. You're going to do it yeah. all over again. I was going to say something else. <laughs> what, what else? <laughs> it's nothing to really like um, with the play, but there's, it, I was going to say there, there's a lot of cards that come with it. So the variability yes. is huge. And yes. some of the cards even have, um, a lot of them are, you know, you have your input and your output. Like you were explaining, there's an arrow facing downwards. So it's like, this is your input. This is your output. It's very right. specific. But there are some that have like an S on them instead of a downwards arrow. Yes. And then you get to choose when you lay it down, only when you lay it down, whether you want the, uh, which you want to be your input and which you want to be your output. Yes. Which is really, uh, so really great. Um, <laughs> because sometimes like 
the if it were to be right side up, you're like, wow, this is going to do nothing for me. But you flip that around, yeah. it's going to do a lot for you. Yeah. And there are some. So every witch that you choose to be, each one also has a different kind of player power. Yeah. Um, and one of the witches out there is that they can rotate any card. Yeah. If they when they place it down, if they play a card at random. That's right. Instead of choosing, like instead yeah. of choosing the one that they're going to play, they have to choose at random. Yeah. So instead of like some cards that you know throw in two spiders gives you four frogs, maybe you can yeah. put in four frogs and get two spiders. Yeah. However you want to put it down. So that's really really cool and and integral on you know strategy in this game yeah. as, as to what way you place these cards down into your tableau. So I think that's generally how this game works people, I won't interrupt and say anything I, I think most people understand <laughs> what's going on here um, it does play two to five players and it's it is roughly 30 minutes and I would say that's pretty accurate I would say so too I think I, I think I found sorry that I don't think it goes much more than five rounds yes I would agree with that I would say so, that's about our yeah, average and each round is well you know pretty quick you're just yeah, picking your card, choosing your card, putting your input output. Like it, it doesn't take yeah. a lot of time. No, it doesn't take time at all. So 30, 30 minutes is really accurate for yes. for a game. I would so agree. you could play two, three, four rounds of this in a couple hours yep. for sure. Um, so that being said, we can talk about the artwork. So what did you think about the artwork? Well, I love how bright the box is. I love yes. the colors they use: reds, like purple, purple red, orange, yellow. Yeah, and it's very bright and i think that and it's got um what is that almost like the uh oh my gosh i just thought of it the bewitched it's got it's like very the bewitched bewitched. lettering it's, it, the, the lettering exactly the word yeah. witchcraft font with the like stars is almost straight up i just noticed that from that's bewitched funny. yes yeah. the black and white uh bewitched show yes so that that's a nice i think tie-in. that's exactly where that comes from <laughs> for sure um yeah i think well the done. artwork is really nice on the on the the player boards, the, um, oh, yeah. what are they called? The desks, the, the workbenches work have all sorts of knickknacks and things laying on them and very witchy type things. And each symbol is very, I don't know what you want to call it, but witchy as well. Like, it's like geometric, like it's a circle with like. Yeah, but it looks like you could be having a seance or, you know, something with, with these symbols, right? Like they're very, very, very witchy. Um <laughs> The artwork is just uh, great. It's kind of silly, cartoony in ways, but but also really nice and colorful. Yeah. And yeah, I, I can't say too much about it. I think it's just very fine art. Yeah. So artwork, yeah, big thumbs up. It's very easy to look at. Um, the player boards are really nice. The cards are nice. Yeah. Um, the uh, artwork on the actual cauldrons is really nice and, and swirly colors and like it looks like you got yeah, magic you got spells a swirling in around. There. Yeah, it looks really, really <laughs> good that way. But talking about those cauldrons, so we need to talk about the components. I think the first thing you need to mention are the cauldrons themselves. So the, the cauldrons are probably the biggest hook or like the biggest wow factor of components yeah. for this game and you have to piece them together they come in one two three four five pieces to you have to put these things together and they they become like little cauldrons and and they're about they stand about two and a half inches tall and they're about two and a half inches wide and they hold your cube ingredients mm-hmm. and they hold them really well and they look really cool and I think they're just a fantastic nice, component. Nice table presence. Yeah, like they, it's really they, nice. You know, table and you're presence. passing these back and forth to each other, and 
they hold the cubes and the cubes rattle around when you pass them over there, but yeah. they don't fall apart. Nothing falls out. These things look really cool and they're very satisfying and fun to look at and, they've and got fun the, to pass around. They've got the like the cardboard insert so that they sit nicely in the yeah, box when you Yeah, exactly. When in you put the box them themselves, the box has a divider. Yeah. And each the divider. That's yeah. that's the word for it. each each cauldron has its own spot to sit in, so it's going to sit in there and it's not going to get bent or broken or fall over or get mashed against anything. Really, really great. The cauldrons are fantastic, and there's five of them. Um, yeah. Then there are each ingredient is represented by a cube, and they have X amount of cubes per ingredients. There's of the of the toads and spiders and mushrooms. Mushrooms. They have the same amount of cubes. Yeah. Um, but then for the mandrakes, which there's considerably less. In the game, yeah. they have less cubes and even a few less of that black eyeball. Spider eye. Spider <laughs> spider cube. We've just and, renamed that one to so the spider. Yeah. Spider and then eye. they have the and they have baggies to hold these. And they actually have three baggies that hold the the larger groups and then two smaller baggies for the, the white and yeah. black. And no, yeah, the cubes are fine. They're great. I mean, if you had like a deluxe version of this game, you could have like little frogs or whatever, you know, but it, it's not necessary. Completely yeah. unnecessary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the cubes are great. I think the player boards, the workbenches are really nice. They're really nice. It would really be cool if they had a dual air, again, and in, in a deluxe version of this kind of game, if they had a dual air one where the cubes would sit, yeah, sit inside a little spot where they didn't move around on your board. But it's not that big of a deal no. because, I mean, this game, you're just constantly moving cubes around it's, it's really not the a nice deal. thing with this is like if you were to bump it you'd know exactly where to put them back yes because, because they're color-coded they're all color-coded so. exactly and there's there's only so many slots it's like well yeah. I, you know if there's only 10 slots it's like well i can tell right it's yeah. not like there's 50 slots for these things yeah, and i don't exactly. know if i have 48 or 50 yeah <laughs> here we know if i have eight or 10 right yeah. it's, it's not hard to figure out but again, if they did have a deluxe version that would be something really cool to add in but that would increase the cost of the game so not necessary. No. Certainly not necessary. So component-wise, we got the cards, good cards, great art. Um, the, and the that, little, like I would mentioned before, there's lots of cards, which is there's nice. There's lots. So yes. the replayability is, loads is big on it. Yes, loads of cards, loads of different witches to choose from. Um, the, the player boards are really, really nice. Uh, great looking, great quality. The cubes are great cubes, just classic cubes. The cauldrons are absolutely yeah. fantastic. Um, the little chits that go on top of your uh, ravens and books and cauldron yep. bonus things are nice little things. So, yeah, really, really nice as far as uh, the component quality goes. Um, so, we like the art. Yep. We like the component quality. I think that leads us to say whether or not we like this game. If we do like this game, who do we uh, recommend it for? So, for me, I really enjoyed this game. I it, it, I didn't know what to expect when I heard uh, when I heard about it. I was like, okay, apparently it's some silly witch cauldron game. I didn't really understand yeah. exactly what was going on. I kind of pictured something to do with quacks. That's yeah. kind of what I had in my mind. Yeah. Um, but this is quite a lot different than quacks. Oh yeah. Um, so for those of you out there, this is this is nothing like quacks equipment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just what I had in my mind when I when I'd heard about whirling witchcraft. Yeah. Um, You're making no, potions like the same. You are, but it's, so I can it's see where, you, where your mind went there. Game. Yeah, um, really, really good. This game actually reminds me of a game I played back at BGG Con. 
called Rail Pass. Yeah, you were telling me about Because I was working with uh, the game company. Mercury? Yeah, Mercury. I was working with Mercury, and they had one of their uh, several games on display there. And the designer of Rail Pass was there, and he was promoting Rail Pass right there on the floor at BGGCon. And it was a really cool game about in a similar style to this, but it was a co-op where you were passing around these little trains in your hand with cubes on them, and you had to pass them through tunnels and around things and oh, over neat. here. And the whole goal was to get all the green. So say I was the green green player, I'd be trying to get all the green cubes onto my station and you'd be trying to get all the red cubes onto your station okay. and so forth but you had to pass them physically so it was like dexterity and timed as well you only oh. had so a certain amount of time and you couldn't if you couldn't let cubes fall off of the trains as you physically pass them to each other or else you get penalties and things gotcha. like this and that's what this game kind of reminds me of although it's very different yeah. than that <laughs> but it just made me think of rail pass where it's just the cubes and it's this seems to be like kind of like a uh, competitive version of Rail Pass okay, without yeah. dexterity um, built Involved, into yeah. it. Where you're passing the cauldrons, it doesn't matter if something falls off. But in the Rail Pass, when you're passing trains back and forth, it's a big deal. Yeah. But no, this game is really, really cool. It's a great family game. That's something I want to talk about because this... And that's big in our house, huge, right? Huge, yeah. yeah. Like when... Um, I also quite like this game. I like it a lot. But uh, I noticed on the box is H14+. plus. Now, I... There's a reason for that, I think, and it's very valid um, because if you're if you're trying to play with the, with the strategy where you're really thinking about okay, am I just gonna? I'm not just focusing on what I'm giving to, in the cauldron to my opponent, but I'm also I also have to focus on what I'm giving. Uh, what I'm leaving behind yeah. in my hand, passing it to the other player who's going to be filling my cauldron. So you can really think this game out. Like there is yes. that that bit of depth Especially to it there. Especially in a two player one on one version of this yeah. game. It's quite different than say a three player game. Both yeah. are very good. I'm trying to decide whether I like the three player or two player better. I'm not sure. Uh, we f- haven't played four or five, but no. I imagine four and five are very similar to the three. And it's nice because it's simultaneous, so it would take the mm-hmm. same amount of time. So that thirty minute mark wouldn't be any different. But but what I love about this though is that although they say fourteen plus because there is definitely that thinky element to it yeah we have a seven and nine year old and the most difficult part for our youngest one was what um taking where he takes the input from and where he takes the output from so like he was taking you know his input from his um workbench and then starting to take his output from his workbench too no 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 remember the output has to come from the supply so but with reminders like he was able to get that element and he could play and he had fun he he won one of the games i played with him today <laughs> so yeah i was just going to say full disclosure i played 3 games against our 9 year old uh a day or two ago and he he trounced me in game 1 <laughs> yeah and he beat me five five nothing or more. I think he might have had actually like six or seven points to nothing in that first game. And then I beat him in the last two, but I didn't stomp him. Yeah. He fully understood what was going on here and he fully was understanding what the strategy was yeah. when he was taking me on here and to the point of where he did slaughter me in yeah. the first game. I and beat he's him, nine years old, so I yes. beat him twice today, but then our youngest beat both of us. <laughs> yeah. the other time. And that's that's the cool thing about three player games is that somebody can be winning like and and there's nothing you can do no. about it yeah, so it's absolutely. like 
I, I'm passing cards to that person there, but they're passing cards to you and they're beating the pants off you. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got to try and beat the pants off him before he beats you kind yeah. of thing, right? So if I see he's like, oh, like, Anna-Marie, you've got like all sorts of spiders and he keeps sending you spiders and I know he's just going to get, he's going to win yeah. quickly. I got to make sure that I stop giving him stop spiders, giving him <laughs> spiders yeah. first off and try to beat him. So it's all about like paying attention to yeah. what's going on on the board. But it's it's a, such an interesting dynamic. And then the whole thing about passing cauldrons to your right, but passing your hand to your left yeah. and trying to make sure that you don't pass a card that's going to be detrimental to you, yeah. to your opponent. What a cool idea. Yeah. Such a neat, neat game. So I think I think it's good for all ages. Like, I think it, it really played is. really well with our family. I can't... We played had fun playing it i think it would yep. be fun playing with um like with our with our game groups and so i yeah i think that uh that it works it works on all levels so i agree I don't think... uh if you have a younger family don't be put off by that 14 no, plus i, think I don't think anyways. easily for kids around nine ten years old can can get into this for sure um and I'm trying to decide whether I like the two-player or three-player better. I really like the idea of the head-to-head chess match about me handing you a cauldron, mm-hmm. you handing me a cauldron, and then me looking at my cards and deciding on which ones I need to send to you and which ones you're going to send to me and so forth. It's but totally I really like elements, the, the yeah. chaos of the idea of a third person mm-hmm. being involved or more. I, I suppose it's very similar. Um, just And seeing what happens, right? Like, I sent him that, but then he's sending her that. Why is he doing that? And then, <laughs> you know, and like... Just trying to manage a, another relationship at the table, like him and you versus you and me and versus me and him, right? So it's yeah. just this weird, yeah. weird dynamic. I think if you're somebody who likes to be totally in charge of your game and in charge of your board yes. and like, just let me do my game and you do yours, this may not be the game for well, you. Well, unless you want to play two player, then it's then it's easy that way. Sort of, yeah. But yeah. if you... Throwing in a, a third yeah. or fourth or fifth player is just chaotic, you know. And so if you're not big into chaos, <laughs> then, eh, you know. But still, this game is silly fun. Yeah. Um, Great components. Great artwork. Yeah. Great time. Yeah. 30-minute uh, play time. Awesome. Good for two to five players. It's it's a slam dunk uh, for me from AEG. Me too. Uh, one of my favorite games of the year at this point, actually. Um, so that being said, I think we've wrapped up our 17th yeah, we have. episode of the Meatful Dungeon <laughs> podcast. So you can find us on Twitter at Meeple Dungeon, YouTube, the Meeple Dungeon for unboxings and things like that. If you have any questions, comments, you want us to review a game, uh, anything like that, you can contact us on our email, uh, themeepledungeon at gmail.com. And yeah, I think we're going to get running. So we will see you next week. Cheers. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.